Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I am your host. Today on the show, we've got a bloke by the name of Matt Daniels. I've been following for a little while now, but never had the opportunity to sit down and have a chat to. How's this for a little resume in terms of what he's completed in the world of running? He's done 55 marathons in 55 days, 535 consecutive half marathons in 535 days. That one blows my mind. A 24-hour treadmill run, 160 kilometers, 760 kilometers from Adelaide to Geelong. He's done the 460K Anzac Ultra Marathon, as well as multiple ultra marathons, marathons, and half marathons. The guy's an absolute go-getter. He's got a big heart for people. He's got a big heart for running and he's got an incredible ability to put his mind to something and just get it done. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about him. Actually, I first heard of him about 12 months ago through a friend of mine, Cassie, who had done a little bit of training for a marathon with him. And she said, the bloke's a legend. You got to follow him. And I did. And I agree. And it was awesome to be able to sit down and pick his brains around all things running and just some of the crazy adventures that he's been on. I mean, the guy's an absolute go-getter, as if you don't want to speak to a bloke like this. So, hey, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. The guy's an inspiration. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with myself and Matt Daniels. So, I can't believe it's the first time we've actually spoken. I've, I've watched a lot of your stuff online, and I've been inspired by how much work you've, you've done in the um, local community, especially. I actually found out about you. Uh, through uh, the wife of one of my best mates, uh, Cassie Holmes. I don't know if you you know Cassie off the top of your head, but yeah, she, um, yeah. she signed up to do, I think it was a half marathon or a marathon program with you a while ago. And mm-hmm. she asked if I'd heard of you and I was relatively new in the area at the time. So I hadn't heard of anyone in this, uh, <laughs> in this yeah. part of town. And uh, I went and had a look and I, I heard a little bit about your story and I realized, man, it's, it's pretty wide and pretty deep what you've accomplished in a relatively short time in the running scene so I've been meaning for ages to have you on for whatever reason it's taken this long I thought as a way of introduction maybe I could hand you the mic and you could just tell people a little bit about yourself and uh how you found yourself into the world of running yeah yeah no worries at all first of all thanks for having us on the uh yeah on the podcast a a big fan um yeah so I suppose my story is I was a uh personal trainer so yeah really passionate personal trainer so I have my own business from 2006 right through to, to 2019 so 13 years in the health and fitness industry as a as a pt running the, my own show there which was um yeah an amazing time and we sold the gym my partner and i sold the gym um quite fortunately just before covid hit at the end of 2019 and for the best part of um i suppose 10 years as a pt i was regularly putting plans together run plans together for clients wanting to train for you know 5k 10k half marathon marathon whatever it was so um, obviously knowing a lot more now than what I did back then. Um, yeah, that was the sort of the first introduction into putting together some plans during my PT, um, career. And then, yeah, once, once COVID hit, um, I, I sort of put it out there in regards to a, like a virtual run. So I had like a 5k, 10k and half marathon, um, virtual run that I sort of got up and going just as, as COVID hit. Um, as you know, that we couldn't do a lot. We were, uh, the gyms were closed and stuff like that. So I put that out there as a bit of a nine-week program where I put together personalized plans for people um, doing 5K, 10K or a half marathon. And um, the first one really took off and then it just snowballed from there, really. So, uh, yeah, I got my online run coaching business up from there and it's um, over the last couple of years, it's it's gone um, 
yeah, it's, it's gone crazy. So it's been an awesome time getting that up and going. Um, and then, yeah, I've obviously been a really passionate runner for, for the best part of sort of 10, 12, 13 years. Um, grew up in Anglesey, um, lots of running as a, you know, as a kid. Um, far from elite, but just a really passionate recreational runner that loves getting out there, getting plenty of Ks in and, um, yeah, having a, having a real crack at the events when they roll around. So that's, a, yeah, that's my story and plenty of um, big runs over the journey as well. Yeah, it's funny. I had a look at what you'd done in the running space on your About Me profile, and then I read back over it and realized you only started running in 2010. I thought, oh, my goodness, that's an incredible amount of runs to get done in, uh, <laughs> in only 13 years in we can get into that soon, but in terms of how you found your way into the running world, obviously you said you were writing a few programs or a lot of programs for um, the the athletes or the the people that were going to your gym. Was mm. it always a little bit of an interest area for you? Because I mean, even though it's still in the fitness world, if you put me in a gym and ask me to start training any athletes on bench press or squats, I'm probably the wrong man for the job. Whereas you've managed to combine the two skills beautifully. But in saying all that, it's a it's a, a very different uh, world, I guess that you've you, you've involved yourself in now in a really large capacity, and it's it's been unreal just how much you've got done, how quickly, not only with your own running, but with the athletes and community you've created with your online run coach. What's the story of transfer there? It's a, a it seems from the outside to um, to be a bit of a wild jump and and one that's really paid off. Yeah, it sort of seems like that. But I was always, yeah, like I said, I grew up in Anglesey, so always a um, a really passionate runner. So I just absolutely loved it, um, loved everything that, that comes with running. Um, so I've been running for, yeah, quite a while. I did my first marathon at, at Melbourne in 2010, not knowing a great deal um, about it. Like I think we all do on our first marathon. So, But pretty much from 2010 right through to, to today, I've been, yeah, plenty of Ks since then. Um and things have just been, yeah, sort of fast track. The the online run coaching stuff's just, um, like I said, it's gone really crazy in the last couple of years since I launched that. Um, but before that, yeah, obviously big into the health and fitness industry for 13 years. Um, but whilst I was doing that and taking some big group sessions and stuff like that, yeah, running was always a, you know, a passion of mine. Uh, and it's always been a bit of a passion project sort of on the side as I was doing that PT and health and fitness thing. And then, um, yeah, now it's just full-time online run coaching and absolutely loving it and loving the sort of community that I've created. Yeah. You, you mentioned before we hit record that you're, you're adding your little pod where I see all the training programs and stuff get written. It's a, It seems like a really big passion. Like from the outset, from when I look at your stuff, I, I always go to your Instagram page. And I think if there's one word that sort of comes away when you finish looking at it, it's just inspired. But it's not just the inspiration through health and fitness and running, you, you seem to have a real appreciation for um, just little things like the the gratefulness and the benefits of that, not just for your fitness and your health, but for your family um, and for the the small things, which I think just correlates beautifully into uh, running, like that psychology. It's always easy to run well when you're grateful for the fact that you're out there and, and not just shuffling your way through it. But it just seems as though there's a number of factors that come together when an athlete's looking at yours. And I think one of the standout points, at least from my perspective, and actually from Cassie's husband's perspective, James, I don't know if you ever met him. He was yeah. like, oh, he's just a, he just seems like a good bloke with a passion for what he does and appreciation for the things that he has. And I wanted to tap into that a little bit because I, I know sometimes you look at that and you're like, oh, that's just a person's personality. They seem fairly well set up on a mental space, on a physical space. But it looks as though it's something that you also put a little bit of work into. I was, I was just curious to hear a little bit more about that because it definitely stands out in a really positive way 
uh, from my perspective about it, it, not, not just the running world, but just your life in general? Yeah, I've been um, um, really passionate about, yeah, like I said, running for a long time. So, um, yeah, that was nice of, James to, nice of James to say that. And Cassie's been, she was actually a long, long-term client of mine at the gym. So um, a lot of my clients from back in the, the day that I had at the gym for five, six, seven years, a lot of them have, yeah, now transitioned to running in a, you know, up and running, whether it's 5K, 10K, half or full. Um, you know, they're up and doing that, which has been fantastic. But um, yeah, running has been a big part of my life and something I'm really passionate about. Um, like I said earlier, far from a far from elite. Um, I'm never the never the first, but never the last. Like I said, just a really passionate recreational runner that understands how much running can can do for you, but also how much it can positively impact you know so many people around you. Um, it's just such a, a beautiful and simple sport that can yeah can bring so much to you and and really transform your life in so many different ways. So I'm really passionate about sort of sharing that. Um, yeah, with all of my athletes knowing full well from my own experience that it's it's helped me out so much in in life and it's it's funny it's always there for you and it's always so easy just to lace up your shoes and get out uh, you don't have to go out and break any records every every day or any any week or any month you just got to go out and be consistent um enjoy what you're doing and um you know the, the results will come and it's a uh, yeah it's a beautiful sport to be a part of and the community the whole running community is yeah amazing it's, it's unreal, actually. The first time I messaged you was just the other day, and I messaged you because uh, the Melbourne Marathon had just sold out, which blew my mind. I called Athletics Victoria because I, I knew a couple of people there from back in the day, and I thought, oh, surely they'll have a couple of spares that they can look after me with. <laughs> and yes. I called him, and I think I overestimated my value at Athletics Victoria. <laughs> I spoke to Tim Crosby, who's, a, who's just an absolutely great bloke, and I go, mate, have you got any spares at all? He's like, Tyus, he goes, mate, it shocks me as much as anyone. We can't believe that we're sold out, let alone this early. And I, I say that just to emphasize your point about that community level runner at the moment. Like 99% of the runners in every event at the Melbourne Marathon, Half Marathon, 10K fit in beautifully to that category. And there, there seems to be a little bit of a boom at the moment. I'm not sure what's caused that, but there's something about, maybe it's Instagram, the social media, but I, I can't quite put a finger on what's caused that change. Do you have any thoughts about that? Because it doesn't seem to be a Melbourne-based thing either. It seems to be a an international thing. Running, for lack of a better reason, seems to have become a little bit cool. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I actually put something up, I think, the other day on on Instagram. I think it was just in regards to how much of a, a sort of a boom period we're going through, and just how much um, you know recreational runners like ourselves are getting out there and signing up for events, and just how awesome it is. So, um, yeah, it really is amazing. The Gradation Road um, Ultra marathon um not sure about the half but those two events were full um obviously melbourne sort of yeah 14 15 weeks out we've got the half marathon sold out the marathon sold out so it really is going through a, a boom period and like you said not just in australia but um yeah i think worldwide so it's it's awesome i think it has a little bit to do with uh on the back of COVID. obviously a couple of years after COVID, probably a lot of people started during that um that period now and, and if they've stuck at it and being consistent with their training, I think they're at a stage now where they're, you know, ready for a half marathon or, or ready for a marathon or um, at the, you know, at the point where they're ready to do a, a fun run. And as you know, you do one, you want to do another one, and then it really just snowballs from there. So I think COVID has a little bit to do with it, but um, yeah, it's just incredible the the, um, the the sport at the moment. It's it's a it's booming industry, and it's it's awesome for us us running coaches. But just seeing so many different people out there chasing goals um, or with their own unique story. It's it's really special and it's so awesome to see. Yeah, it's funny how you, you just touched on a point I wanted to follow up with you because I think it explains your story well from what I can see. 
there's it's so true that an athlete will dip their toe in the water. They might go out and run a, a fun run. They might run a 10K half marathon, whatever it is, and just get that bug. And, and I had a little chuckle the other day because I was reading through your profile and I noticed that you said you did your, your first marathon, your first official marathon in 2010, though you'd been a runner for a long time. Um, and then you read just a little bit down the profile. You go on to set a world record, 55 marathons in 55 days, and then run from Adelaide to Geelong. And there are only a couple. I thought, oh, what was it? Another The 24-hour treadmill challenge, was it? 160 yeah, yeah. Ks in 24 hours, which is just unbelievable. Um, it, it's amazing how much that bug kicks in. I've, I've had a little bit of trouble lately with um, calf strains and a couple of injuries. And I said to my wife the other day, because I've, I've just, for about the last seven or eight weeks, I've been a lot more consistent with my training. And the other day, I was just having one of those mornings where I'd been in the office and things weren't going well and the admin was stacking up and there was just, you know, those fiddly jobs that just kind of get the better of you from time to time. And yeah. I went outside, I put my shoes on, the sun was shining, I got out on the Ballerine Rail Trail and I remember being out there and I was like, oh, this is, this is the exact reason that people get out and run because there's mm. nothing that feels healthier physically and mentally for me right now because there's a few things I try and stack up each day. One of them is I, I like just to put all technology away completely for, for a minimum of, of an hour where I'm not looking at my phone or jumping onto a computer, which doesn't sound like much, but I mean, the amount that I look at my phone, it, it adds up real quick. And the other one is just being outside for an hour and the other one's exercising for about an hour. And the other day when I was out there, I was just ticking all three of those boxes at once. And just mentally you get home, you're like, oh, there's three things that I value that have just been crossed off. And People always say, my wife's one of them. She's like, I just, I wish I got the, I wish I got the buzz that you get from running. I don't really understand that run as high. And yeah. I guess there comes a point of fitness or there comes a point of, of flow or whatever the word is that you have to kind of be patient for to get into it. And then before you know it, you're, you're starting to stack up the training and the races and, um, you know, whatever else it might be that you're working towards. But does that summarize your entry into the, the more competitive side of, of running is that is that kind of what happened like it seemed in a short period of time to develop a whole lot of momentum yeah it sort of like you said it escalated pretty quickly from the the um 2010 marathon like i said struggled late the marathon like we most people do on their on their first one and probably at the end of it said i'd never do another one and then um, before you know it you're back out running and training um i think in 2012 a couple of years later i did the 100k surf coast century that was in Anglesey where I grew up so that was a um a good introduction sort of to the ultra scene and then yeah from there sort of um yeah really progressed quite quickly from there um I was getting plenty of k's in the legs and was feeling pretty good and then um a lot of my yeah runs sort of after that were sort of more charity focused so yeah in 2014 like you mentioned I ran from Adelaide to Geelong and that was in memory of my my nana who passed away so and she was a Mad Hawk supporter, so and absolutely loved Shane Crawford. So, yeah, I, I basically um, copied Crawford. He did, I think he did from Adelaide's Rundle Mall down to the Channel Nine Footy Studio. So we were in touch with him before I left um, in regards to what route he took and all those sort of things. So I, yeah, I started the Rundle Mall in Adelaide and ran back to Geelong and finished at the gym. So I had all the BC and A crew there, um, all the all the family obviously, and then yeah, plenty of the the um, friends in the community from the gym. So that was really special in 2014. Um, and then, yeah, just progressed from there, some some more charity stuff um, for the Leukemia Foundation. So um, I've always had like a really big reason, you know, why I'm doing these these big runs and being able to sort of push through some of the harder days and harder moments on those, um, yeah, on those challenging runs. So it did escalate quite quickly. Um, 
But these days, yeah, I've sort of pulled that back a little bit. Yeah, but still a, a really passionate, yeah, recreational runner, getting some some good Ks in and good consistency and, and loving it as much as I did when I started. Gee, did you say it was 2012 you did the Adelaide to Geelong? Uh, so 2012 was the Surf Coast Century 100K. Oh, sorry. And yeah, 2014 was, was Adelaide to Geelong. Um, I did a big ultra in 2015 up in Canberra that was about 450 plus Ks, the Anzac Ultra there. And then, um, yeah, then come the, the 55 marathons in 55 days. That was in um, 2016. Gee, I actually, I remember I remember Croft doing that run. It's amazing that that was even 2014, nine years ago, because I remember seeing the footage of, of him doing that and just thinking it was unbelievable. Because I used to uh, go down to just the interclub runs in, in Melbourne when I was growing up. And I'm a huge footy fan as well, though Carlton. I mean, I've said that with a bit of shame the last couple of months, but after <laughs> last weekend, I, uh, yeah, I say it with a little bit of pride, but we'll see there's still a few. That's another, that's another conversation for another day. But uh, I remember seeing Kruoff get around the track for an 800 in under two minutes and, and being a huge fan of him as a footballer. And that was sort of, I, I guess, the latter part of his career. I don't, I don't know his details really well, but um, when I saw that he was venturing out for something like that, it, it just blew my mind. I thought, there's no way he's going to be able to <laughs> run from Geelong to, uh, sorry, from Adelaide to, to Geelong or Adelaide to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is amazing that, and, and you tapped into it beautifully when you said, and I don't know what his cause was, but it is interesting when people have a cause for whatever it is that they're pursuing, you know, whether it's you know, family or fitness or, you know, insert whatever, just how effective that is in bringing you through the dark days. And and that is one thing that I think, as I said at the outset of this conversation, that stands out about the way that you coach. You seem to tap into something deeper in the athletes that you're coaching, which um, I think a lot, because there's a lot of community-level athletes who listen to this podcast as well. And I think sometimes they they almost sneak into an inbox, like almost with an apology saying, oh, I'm, I'm relatively new to the sport. I want to get better. Um, I, I don't know if I can justify coaching and, and for me, it's, it's obviously something wrong with the marketing because it's a complete opposite of what I'm going for. But, but with that particular athlete, you seem to have, um, just a cool ability to bring, bring something a little deeper out in there. I was, I was wondering if you could speak to that because, um, or, or also if you can relate to the experience of people just saying, Hey, look, here's my, here's my situation. I'm relatively new. I'm not setting any world records. I don't know mm -hmm. if I can justify the coaching. Um, but I really want to improve. Can you can you help me out? There's a there's a lot of questions in that. I'm, I think if I had to boil that down, I'm trying to say, uh, is that a structured sort of curated, focused um, area of your, of your coaching to tap into more than just the running? Yeah, I'd say it is. Um, yeah, I'd say it is definitely a, a focus because I think we've all got a a really unique story under there as to why we want to get up and running. So I've had some incredible stories. Um, yeah, with my athletes. So, and so many different things. Like I've had some, um, some guys reach out and obviously want to lose weight. Um, and they've been really struggling with their mental health. So they want to get up and running. Um, I've had some girls that have really struggled with some mental health issues and some anxiety, um, or some eating disorders. Um, you know, some have been divorced and have come to me in terms of running, wanting to feel better about themselves and get their life back on track. Um, there's just so many different stories out there. Um, it had a, yeah, a guy who was involved in the police force who, who left the police force and was really struggling mentally and found running, started running and then wasn't sure, um, you know, how to, to build up successfully to get to a half marathon and a marathon. And he's turned his life around with, with running, 
lost a heap of weight and now he's you know he's done a half marathon and a, and a full marathon and now he's just you know upwards and uh, and onwards he, we go so yeah i'm always really um keen on on hearing the story from um the athlete in regards to why they you know why they want to get coaching i understand we don't want to break any records or finish on the podium but um yeah i really value why they're you know reaching out to me um and yeah i like the unique story that each and every athlete comes to me with so um, and I'm really just, yeah, really grateful to be able to help them and be in a position to help them. And, um, yeah, we form a really good relationship straight away and the, the coaching is really personable. And then we just get up and running and I believe in them from the get-go. And then um, it doesn't take long to string a few weeks together and then they really start to get that self-belief and build towards their events. And then, um, as you know, once they tick off their first 5K or they, they hit that marathon goal, then, um, you know, that's just the, the beginning of something really special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for yourself, uh, another one I think I missed on the list, and I don't know if I'm magnifying this or if I've actually nailed it. Was it 525 half marathons for 525 days, or have I made that up? No, no, you've you've ripped me off 10. So it was 535 mar- uh, 535 <laughs> half marathons in 535 days. So it was yeah, a half marathon every single day without fail for um, the best part of a year and a half. Um, yeah, 535 days. So I think it's just over 11,300 kilometers. Um, yeah, so that was that was in 2017 uh, until the middle of um, the middle of 2019. I set out to do a half marathon um, every day in, in memory of a guy called Andrew Cadigan. After reading a book that his dad put together, I was really inspired by his trip around Australia that he did. Um, so Cad went around Australia in memory of a mate who lost his life to leukemia. Um, travelled around um, for 535 days. That's where that number comes from. So CAD travelled around Australia pushing a pram and raising money for the Leukemia Foundation. Uh, He finished um, on the Sydney Harbour Bridge and then four days later headed to Thailand to put together his his journals and put them into a book. But he was um, tragically struck by a a motorbike over there and then then passed away 12 weeks later. Um, So his dad, Neil, put a book together called With Every Step. And I read that book... um, yeah, at the, when I read the book, in the middle of sort of 2016, I read that book and was incredibly inspired to, um, yeah, honour CAD and um, sort of complete his mission and, and his work that he was doing for the Leukemia Foundation. So um, I picked CAD's start date and CAD's end date of his walk around Australia. Um, and yeah, that, that equaled 535 days. And, I, and what I decided on was a half marathon every day um, in memory of CAD and to raise money for the Leukemia Foundation. So yeah, that's what I did. So did the majority of Moran the Bowen River here in Geelong. So um, I could run that course, yeah, could run that course blindfolded. So I did the majority of Moran, um, yeah, around Geelong, got through it all, raised a heap of money for the Leukemia Foundation, had a really big fundraising night towards the end. And on the 535th and final half marathon, I was, um, yeah, I had the pram that Cat had on his walk around Australia that his parents brought down. So I, I pushed that on the um, 535th and final half marathon and then finished back at my gym with all Cad's family and all the um, all the crew from the gym there and obviously the family as well. So that was, yeah, a really special, uh, special moment. And um, yeah, one big, big, big charity run I'm really, really proud of. And looking back now, I'm not sure how I, uh, how I got through it, to be honest. It's a 150Ks a week it is for, I think it was just over 70 weeks. Um, but yeah, ticked that off and got that done. And yeah, that's one I'm um, really proud of. So talk to me about, there must have been a number of days or even weeks where you're wrestling with illness or injury or niggles or blisters or 
maybe you've even got a couple of surprises for us. Uh, 535, like 70 weeks of that. I, I was thinking that when I when I was doing the maths, like 150Ks a week is a, that's a huge week. If I did 150Ks for a week right now, I would have the feet up for a few weeks and, <laughs> and just give myself a pat on the back. But to do that another 74 times on top of that is uh, is unbelievable. Did you have a couple of wild days out there, a couple of wild weeks where you were just wrestling with whether or not you are going to get them done? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I like to think that I put my mind to something. I'm, I'm usually pretty good and, and and think I can get through, well, just about anything. But early on in this in this endeavor, I was um, the first few weeks. I thought I might have bit off more than I could chew here. I was really struggling. The body was really struggling. Just 150 k's a week. I was obviously still running the gym. Um, yeah, I had four kids at the time, so I was under the under the pump with with dad life as well. So early on, I was really struggling, but. As the weeks went on, um, you know, got a little bit easier and a, and a little bit easier. So, um, but there was definitely some days in there. Yeah, I was struggling early on with um, just sort of overall general body soreness. But um, yeah, there was times there where I wasn't well. A couple of days there where you have the the flu or you you're just not well. Um, and probably the big one was, a, was a, I was involved in a car accident. I'd luckily ran that morning, um, but was involved in a in a car accident in the afternoon, um, and. Everyone was okay, fortunately, but we had to go to hospital and do the check over. So had a bit of whiplash and all those sort of things, but then had to obviously get up the next day and get out and get the um, the half marathon done. So that was probably the yeah the big one during the, the year and a half was the um, the car accident, which isn't obviously ideal for um, for trying to run a half marathon the next day. <laughs> what uh, what point do you feel like your legs started to adjust to the the amount of running you were doing? Yeah, I think it took about sort of four to six weeks to feel. Like it was, um, yeah, it was okay. So I'd just get out before work, super early in the morning or after our sort of um, early morning group sessions, I'd go straight down the river and get it done. So like I said, looking back now, I'm not sure how, um, you know, I found that sort of hour and 40 minutes, hour and 50 minutes, two hours to, to get it done every day. But um, yeah, it's funny, like I said, when you have a really big reason why you, you tend to find your way pretty pretty well so um yeah i was really determined to honor cat as best i could and, and his dad neil knew all about it so i was on a bit of a mission back then and um yeah got it done it's great that you're able to get the family uh, and friends and everyone out there especially with the pram like that's a, a beautiful symbol to finish with but it's nice how much everyone bought into the the mission that you were on yeah definitely yeah the gym the gym and all the uh, all the family first of all like lee and all the kids um and all my other family members were incredible support and, and motivation and then yeah the gym had lots of lots of members at the gym just yeah really supportive in terms of their donating to the leukemia foundation and the fundraising night was really special um but then just being at the at the gym at the um at the end at the 535th and final one pushing cad's pram we left late in the afternoon and sort of got back around 6 6 30 uh, and had a huge crowd there so um yeah that was really special and the support was amazing not just that night but all the way through the whole 18 months yeah yeah, with the um, with the the twenty one k a day, it's interesting because a, a lot of people. One of the most popular episodes on here ever has been Liam Adams, who was speaking about how he's running one hundred and sixty k a week, and he's doing that as a full time tradie. And I think it stood out to a lot of people, from what I can tell, and and a couple of people that I've heard from, because a, a lot of people think if you want to do well at running, it has to just be all running. But even to hear you speak about doing this twenty one k a day on top of your group sessions, on top of running a gym, on top of the four kids that you had at the time. I see you added an extra one to the batch uh, since <laughs> yeah. then. Um, 
I think it's really encouraging because it, it kind of broadens people's mindset of what they're capable of actually doing with their time. And I, I understand that a lot of it comes down to your priorities and where it is that you put your attention. But I don't know, do you have any general advice or any helpful advice around how you manage your time? Because it seems like you're a kind of person who managed to get a, a lot done with the, the day's work uh, each and every day, or maybe even maybe even expand that out to sort of the weeks. So I know we have a couple of off days here and there, but uh, in terms of how you're squeezing all of that in, especially at that time, how are you navigating that? How are you managing it? Yeah, like I said, it was I had unbelievable support from Lee and the kids. Um, obviously, without their support, it wouldn't be wouldn't be possible. But um, yeah, like I said, just the the why factor. So wanting to honor CAD and just being in a in a zone to honor CAD and, and just on the mission, it really become a priority. So there was some mornings there. Um, you know, I'd be doing sort of 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. starts around the river to get it done by, say, 5.30 to get to the gym to set up to start our group training at, at 6 or 6.30 or whatever it was. So, um, and if it wasn't that, it was the group training in the morning, 6.30 with a couple of PT sessions to sort of 9, 10. And then I'd head down the river and then go and get it done. So it was really just making that half marathon mission a, a real priority and getting it done. Um, definitely wasn't easy, like I said, but um, and then in between that, once I sort of got through that four to six weeks initial um, part, it was really just, yeah, looking after the body as best I can and then just ticking the runs off week after week. So I had some really good support from some close friends who would meet up every weekend, would catch up and run. So that was great. Looking forward to some um, motivation, some accountability with those guys every weekend. So, but I think it just come down to, um, you know, really wanting to honor Cat as, as best I could, um, making the, the running a, a priority because it was a, you know, an hour and a half, two hours out of my day every single day. And if that meant 3 o'clock or 3.30 a.m. or at 7 p.m. or 7.30 after our last group session, then that's just what sort of had to be done. So, yeah, it was a priority and it's um, amazing how you can make things work when you when you really want it. Yeah. See, I've got two kids at home. I've got two boys, a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. And if I get through a day of just being a good dad – and nothing else happens. I go, hey, well done. <laughs> you did very well today. Uh, yeah. to, to hear from people, actually, to, to go back, I've mentioned him a couple of times now, uh, Cass's husband, James, he comes from a family of five. And I used to go out to their house and love the chaos as a kid because I, I'm a, I was raised an only child. I've got a half-sister. Uh, but two boys now, I go, mate, my house is absolute chaos at the best of times. So uh, for me, uh, to be fair, maybe this works in my favour because whenever I go out for a run now, at times there's some incentive to extend the run just based on the fact I know as much as I love them, I know I'm just coming into to wet nappies and uh, and temper tantrums. <laughs> well, yeah, chaos, chaos. So I think that's another reason why we get out. We just need half an hour or an hour to ourselves because we know uh, when we get back, it's it's all hands on deck with the with the kids. Yeah, outside of running, I, I do a fair bit of stand-up comedy. And uh, the only place really that you can do stand-up comedy is, is down in Melbourne. I mean, there's a couple of local rooms to us, but... My wife always goes, oh, you're so disciplined going down there a few times a week. I don't know how you do it. I was like, yeah, babe, it's just a, just very disciplined, very inspired. <laughs> but you look, at, uh, you look at what I'm missing. I'm painting myself in a bad light here, but you look at what I'm missing. I'm missing a, a bath time and dinner and just the craziest time of the day. So it really is, uh, I feel like it takes more discipline to stay at home, but I'll, I, I hope my door's shut here because I, I would never admit that to her or not too often anyway. <laughs> because yeah. I've got a pretty good reputation in her mind right now. Yeah, well, after, like you said, that sort of five o'clock onwards, the um, dinner, bath, books, sort of bedtime is, uh, yeah, that's insane. It's it's quite busy. It's chaotic here. So, but um, yeah, like the half marathons, we, we get through it every day and then 
uh, yeah, get some sleep and then go again. What was your hardest challenge, if for lack of a better word, like uh, you know, your fifty-five marathons, fifty-five days, you know, five kids, uh, <laughs> five hundred thirty-five <laughs> halves in five hundred thirty-five days. Which one, that one sounds the hardest to me. The five thirty-five that we just spoke about. Yeah, that one would be it. So um, obviously the marathons were challenging, but that was fifty-five days. You know, a couple of months and it's over. Um, one hundred and sixty k's in the treadmill was just a, a twenty-four hour thing. So that again was challenging, but that was done and dusted in 24 hours so yeah it's just the the length and the amount of k's every week for um a year and a half like i said 70 plus weeks of 150 k's a week um yeah just week after week so that one was definitely the most challenging uh, most time consuming uh, and probably looking back the one i'm sort of most proud of just being able to yeah finally complete cad's mission and and raise uh, some good amount of money for the leukemia foundation by doing that one yeah, are you the kind of guy uh, with the fifty-five marathons? I'm just doing the math. Say, what's that? That's two hundred and eighty k a week, a little bit more, but closer to three hundred, is it? Yeah, for yeah, closer to three hundred k's a week. So yeah, um, forty-two k's. Yeah. Um, so how are you? How are you? Like, how are you managing that? Is that um, pretty intensive on recovery? And were you fueling with gels and things, or, or how did you? Like, obviously, yes. discipline's an inspiring part of it, but in terms of just how do you keep the body just getting back up and doing it again and again? Yeah, I was basically, I yeah, I was eating anything and, and everything pretty much. Uh, yeah, burning so many calories, obviously, with the, with the you know, four hours, four and a half hours, whatever I was out there for. Um, it wasn't so much about time. It was just about getting the Ks done and, and ticking off a marathon and getting home um, and recovering as best I can. Um, same thing with the gym. That was in 2016. So I still had the gym and um, the kids. So it was busy, busy. Uh, but, yeah, trying to recover as best as you can and then, just getting it the, the most sort of quality sleep you can before you sort of get up and um, yeah, get the, get the four hours or four and a half hours or whatever it was with the um, the marathons and just ticking them off. And same as probably the half marathons early on instead of the first sort of week or two, it was quite challenging on the, on the body. But then after that, it become, um, yeah, just something that I wanted to, to tick off and achieve. Um, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was, you know, a lot more sort of bearable once I got through that first two week period. Yeah. But you've worked with an incredible amount of recreational runners, people who have sort of just stepped foot through the door essentially and started to build their way up. Are there any standout factors of what holds people back? Like it's, I can imagine there'd be a lot of people that eventually come to you and go, I've been meaning to reach out for ages. Um, well, that, I'm, I'm sort of projecting there because I, I think I've had a couple of experiences like that and people have been a little bit standoffish uh, initially. Mm. But in terms of, what's holding people back from improvement from a recreational level? Have you seen some familiar traits? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, holding people back. Yeah, I think people just, um, you've got to be patient. As you know, in, in running, you really got to be patient. Um, you can't just go out and, and two weeks later, go from zero to, to 5K in two weeks or zero to 5K in, in five weeks. Um, and if you do, you're just going to get injured and you're going to pick up a niggle and you're going to, dislike running and then you're going to stop running and then never run again because you're, you're going to hate it and think it's a you know bad for your knees and a bad sport and all those sort of things so you really got to be patient with it um and you've really got to be consistent as well so those two things are, are really important so i think those that um i mean don't stick to the plan or try to jump too far ahead we almost want the first few weeks of every training program just to be almost too easy for you just so you're you're getting it done um you're not anxious or overwhelmed about getting out you just get out you tick off what you need to tick off yes it might be a little bit easier but that's exactly what we want it to be in the first few weeks and then after sort of two three four weeks they can start to get some real momentum with their running 
can build a bit of um, confidence, a bit of self-belief, a bit of strength with their running and then start to really believe that they can actually do it because the first few weeks have been quite quite easy. And then from there, yeah, if, if they start stringing the runs together, uh, you know, every second day, every third day, then they can really get some good momentum with their running and, and start to really believe in their goal and what they can achieve. But um, for those that have, yeah, struggled, I think they've just tried to do too much too soon mm. um, or they've taken the approach they've, they've grabbed an online training program that's giving them you know one mile reps in week one which is just crazy because some of them can't run for 30 seconds or, or 60 seconds and they're they've got a program that's given them you know something crazy like a, a k reps or mile reps or something like that so um yeah it's just having a, a someone in your corner who knows exactly sort of where you're at with your fitness and your, and your running history um and who believes in you and who will help you out the you know in the safest way so you're running um and building up the right way yeah, that's really well said. It sounds like there's a lot of admin that comes with this, tracking the progress of an athlete and making sure you're not booting them up too quickly. I'm a big fan of training peaks. I don't know if you use that for any of the athletes that you coach, but in terms of just cataloging uh, the actual training and seeing the progress, I find that really helpful. Uh, what do you do? I've seen a few photos just with the classic pen and paper, which I'm a big fan of as well, just uh, writing the training program, crossing off the athletes just to let them know that it's done, it's uploaded. Uh, what what platform do you use to upload it on, or is it just an email yeah, yeah, it's just an email. So I'm um I'm pretty old school like that. No, so I, I like at, it. I like yeah, it. I've looked at training peaks, I've looked at final surge, I've sort of hummed an art about going down the the um you know, that avenue with the apps, but um yeah, like I said, I'm pretty old school in regards to so I just yeah, PDF email, send through five week blocks at a time with their training. Um I've got everyone in their folders where they need to be for whether they're doing Gold Coast, Run Melbourne, um, you know, Geelong half marathon, whatever it may be. I've got the the folders on the desktop there. Um, I've got my coaching clients there, so my three, six, and twelve month coaching clients in a in a different folder. So I know where everyone's at, what they're doing, um, what sessions they've done. Um, yeah, I touch base with them quite regularly. Um, obviously, have them in the Strava Strava clubs there, so I'm all over there training. And then um, yeah, we touch base quite regularly to check in and see how things are going. And then I'll update it every every five weeks and send through their next training block and revise it as we need. So. Um, yeah, I've got quite a few active clients on the on the books now. So um, yeah, those apps um, for now anyway. I, I'm um, yeah quite happy with the old school PDF approach. No, I like it. I always I always get a hard time off my friends because besides training peaks, I'm fairly old school myself. So I'm actually hearing you speak about this. It's almost uh, you know how pen and paper is a little bit uh, nostalgic to some people. I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to feel that way about email. Like, you know what? Like, there <laughs> back in the back when I was a kid, that was the best way to do it. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with it. So, do you um uh, do you have like, a bit of a structure as to when you sit down and actually write the training prams, uh, programs? It's like, all right, today's Monday. We're going to make sure that everyone's up to date. Or how do you structure that? Because it's a lot to keep your head around. Yeah, it is. Um, and everyone's really different. So there's so many different things to take into account for, for runners. So like, for example, I had a lot of people do the Run Melbourne Half Marathon a couple of days ago, but that was sort of smack bang in the middle of the program for, say, the Sydney Marathon in nine weeks or the Melbourne Marathon um, in 13 weeks. Uh, some did the 10K at Run Melbourne and then are eyeing off the Half Marathon at Melbourne. So everyone's a little bit different in regards to sort of where they're at and what they're doing with their program. Um but I know sort of, yeah, like I said, exactly where everyone's at and stuff like that. So, and everyone's different in regards to days they train, um, what days they want their sessions on, when they prefer to do their long run, Saturday or Sunday. So all the coaching's all personalized. So like, if you want to head out Saturday for your long run, we make it Saturday, we rest Sunday, we do a recovery run Monday and then away we go. But um, everyone's a little bit different. Some people can only commit to 
you know, three runs a week, which is fine. Um, obviously, those doing the marathon, we want to get some more mileage. So they're doing sort of four or five days of training. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit tricky to answer just because there's so many different things um, for so many different people, depending on their goals and, and where they're at um, and at what stage they're at with their with their running journey. Yeah. I'm jumping around a little bit here, but one question I was meant to ask you, and uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, running the gym back in the back in the day, there, there'd be a lot of strength work, mobility work, flexibility and stuff that just sneaks into your day, even probably without much conscious effort. Um, but I was wondering, looking at just the durability that your body obviously has when it comes to some of these more extreme endurance challenges, how much you credit the actual strength side of, of your background to, to enabling you to do that? Because I don't know too many people that, and, and I know like uh, just to, to emphasize that I heard uh, that you had the history of, of running as a young guy, but even still with a history of running as a young guy to doing the challenge that you put yourself through, there's obviously something special or something that people don't know about going on uh, in your own training program. So how much is that is credited to, you know, strength and mobility and technique and, you know, whatever else it might be. Yeah, yeah, good question. So I've probably, um, I reckon probably like most runners, I've, I've neglected the strength stuff, um, you know, more than I'd like to admit over the over the years. Um, the last sort of six to 12 months, I've really improved that area. So two strength sessions a week. Um, mobility, again, something I could definitely Im- improve on trying to, to find time to squeeze it all in. So I could definitely improve on the mobility stuff. But yeah, I do two strength sessions a week now um, in combination with the running. So I run five days and I do two strength sessions on the other days. But over the journey, um, yeah, definitely done a little bit of the strength stuff, but probably not as much as, as people think. Um, but there has been like a, yeah, a bit of a strength foundation there over the over the journey with some of these long charity runs as I was building up for Adelaide and then obviously the marathons and then the, the half marathon journey over 18 months. So, but I think, um, yeah, we all neglected a, a little bit. Um, so, and I'm, yeah, definitely guilty of that in the past as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it seems to be a bit of a theme with distance runners. I caught up with a bloke I used to run with, uh, Nick Whiteman. So he's a he's a pretty. I think he's run about twenty nine thirty. He's a two twenty five runner. He actually, yeah. it's funny. He uh, so the house I'm living in now, uh, coincidentally, he lives about sixty meters that way. And uh, the other day he's, he saw me here. And he goes, "Oh, where are you living?" I said, "Mate, I'm just around the corner." He goes, "Great, let's go for our long run." And uh, he sucker punched me because I'd been working back quietly and he's just as fit as a fiddle. <laughs> so we're going out there for a, a 90 minute long run. He's chatting away and I'm just doing my best to keep up. But that was one thing we've spoken about is uh, it's just how funny it is that distance runners forget about the importance of strength work. And even I can see it now because I'm getting so much more focused on my goal was to, to I'm, it's still my goal to I'm training for the Melbourne Marathon. And yep. just crossing my fingers, someone gets hurt, <laughs> so, so I can take their ticket. Um, as long as that person's not me, um, yeah. Just uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to to get into that Melbourne Marathon. But in the process of increasing my running miles, I've I've noticed. Okay, like last week, I only did one strength session when usually I'm fairly disciplined in that area. Um, yeah, just it slips away for whatever reason. But uh, it is it's interesting when you look at a guy like Jakob Ingebrigtsen, and yeah, or, or Mo Farah uh, has a couple of YouTube videos where he actually delves into the importance of that strength and mobility work for a runner. It's it's strange how it's kind of forgotten, but I, I guess, um, you know, when you look at what it is we're trying to achieve, it's maybe no surprise that so many athletes, well, like yourself, and I've just credited you the, the Hulk status uh, because of all the strength work you've done, but apparently you're just, uh, you're just <laughs> gifted naturally and you can get through it. But it really does seem to benefit um, our ability just to, you know, continually be con- consistent, which you know, like I say, and you just said, is, is such an important part of developing as a runner. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's really important that it definitely should be in the the training programs and it should complement your running. So your strength shouldn't be so so much and and so big and so heavy that it really affects your running if your your running's the thing you want to do. But it should definitely complement your running, whether it's one, two, three strength sessions a week um, and some mobility stuff. It would be would be awesome in and around you know your three, four, five, six runs a week, whatever people are doing. So. Um, and it, yeah, it's really good mentally, obviously as well, knowing when you when you do get to your events that you put all the work in, not just with your running and your mileage and, and doing that really smartly, but you've got that strength work in. The legs are strong. You're feeling really, really good physically and mentally, and you're able to go out and execute your your race day strategy on the you know on the back of being really consistent with that strength component as well as the running component. Yeah. Before I let you go, have you got any other little challenges or big challenges or? Uh, anything on the cards that you're going to be putting yourself through in the in the near future? Yeah, I'll get asked this a little bit. No, I haven't actually got anything on the um, on the cards. Like I said, I had the I got Cad's pram um, that he pushed around Australia on my 535th and final half marathon. I've got Cad's pram um, still here, so I'm really keen one day to to do another big um, you know fundraising leukemia foundation fundraising run with the pram so i've just got to work out um what i want to do and, and when i want to do it and how i'm going to do it and how it's going to work with the family and all those sort of obstacles so um i definitely plan on doing something yeah with the with the pram down the down the track but i'm just not quite sure yet um yeah i'm just happy running and staying injury free and um obviously loving the, the coaching but yeah i'm sure there'll be another big one um maybe next year at some stage but i'll uh i've got to work it out first yeah, awesome, man. Well, dude, I'm loving what you're doing. I'm, I'm sorry it's taken us so long to finally catch up, but uh, I mean, it's it, it's been good to sit down and actually touch base with you, have a chat to you and, and meet you in person. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. So uh, yeah, keep up the great stuff. And for anyone interested, I'll make sure I, I tag your Instagram and your website and stuff in the uh, in the show description or the notes below. No worries. Thanks for having us on, Tyson. Appreciate it. And keep up your um, your awesome work you're doing with the, the coaching and in the podcast with the in the running community. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll do. We'll see you soon. See you later, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.